You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, we got the stopwatch going 15 minutes on the clock. Continuing with our golf.com golf magazine article this week that came out and we're talking about the 10 biggest swing killers that we see day in, day out on the lesson tee. And it, it's, it's things that if these are in your golf swing, they are tremendous hurdles to try to overcome in your less than one second that you have to complete your swing. So we're of the opinion that you should get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Th- these are like the master faults that cause a bunch of other faults. So if, you know, there, there's some idiosyncrasies you can get away in your golf swing, obviously. But, you know, if you have some of these ones, these are just swing killers, death moves, you know, yeah. do these at your peril because, yeah, you can play golf like this, but you have to work a lot harder and it's not going to be as much fun because it's going to cause you not only not to have as much club head speed, but you're going to start hitting it crooked and nobody wants to do that. Yep. And this week we've talked about four other of these top 10 and today we're going to finish kind of the the series here this week and talk about the final two that we get so many comments on and the they're they're kind of combined but we're going to talk about yeah we're going to talk about them differently because one affects the other in a a big way but we're going to talk about them a little bit separately here and the first one we want to talk about is this late loading backswing what do we mean by that so the late loading backswing you know this one I probably have to deal with this in every, every day, not every single lesson, but a lot of lessons. Um, you know, the term weight shift has gotten, I think maybe misconstrued over the years as to move as the club swings back at the top of the swing, you want to be still moving your weight to the right and kind of load up at the top. And a lot of people are going to hear me say that and go, yeah, that, that sounds about right. You want the most amount of weight on your right foot at the top of the swing and the problem with that is you've already gotten off track with the timing of your weight shift. You, you, need, you need to have that weight moving over there earlier so it can start recentering back toward the middle of the stance and toward the target earlier because that's how you get good dynamic timing in the swing. My own little redneck theory of why that happens or why that's so widely, was such a widely held belief is that, you know, if you, if you look at the golf swing from face on, and you kind of put a clock around the golf swing, right? That set up the clubs at six o'clock. Top of the swing at somewhere around nine o'clock, or the hands are around nine o'clock. And then you know, so it's like half the swing is over at the top. So golfers think, okay, I've got a weight shift. I'm going to shift back in the back swing, forward in the downswing. So I should basically be completing my shift when half the swing is over at the top. But the top of the swing is not half the golf swing three quarters of the golf swing is over by the time you get to the top. And if you want to have to recover from all the way over on your max loaded, that you're going to be in your swing 
from your, your right foot if you're a right-handed golfer and get over there on the front foot like every good player does in a quarter of a second, actually under a quarter of a second downswing, good luck. Because it's we see guys happen. do it, try that every single day, and it they're leaving so much on the table with regards to centered contact, with regards to distance, with regards to just easier to do, makes the golf swing easier to do. Basically half the golf swing is somewhere around left arm parallel in the backswing. That If you want a kind of a mental image of where you should be max loaded, it's somewhere between shaft parallel and left arm parallel. The rest of the golf swing, including the rest of the backswing, your weight and pressure should be starting to center back towards the left and then beyond in the downswing. Yeah, I mean, what a massive deal that is. And it's, if you really think about it, it's it's how you would move to to play any other sport, <laughs> right? Throwing a ball or whatever, you load up. The arm's still going back as you go forward to throw a ball. It's the same thing as, as you know, kind of a baseball is a little different just the way the, the footwork is. But the bat's going back as you're striding forward. It's it's a natural movement pattern for sports to make an object go fast. And, and the golf, it got thrown away at some point. And, and my kind of theory of it as well was what Mike said about the time thing. I think once we started using – cameras and video cameras and and slow motion and stop frame technology you know you start looking at the swing out of motion that's why that's why i don't you know it's hard for me you know pictures of the swing are great you know we use them uh but you if you look at the top of a backswing that could get you into believing that all the weight is on the trail foot but it's in motion it, it, you don't want to be stagnant up there. There's the, the weight is always moving from the right early back to the left. But you, you just looked at the still frame of top of the backswing, depending on when you took that picture, that could be very misleading as well. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. And this is maybe more than any other aspect of the golf swing. This is basically why we named the company Athletic Motion Golf. And this is it right here. Because this is an athletic motion that is – pretty much universal um maybe in darts there's not a big weight shift i'm not a big dart guy i've never never played many darts but even in darts i think there's some weight shift i tell you what i was decent at darts and your your foot goes your foot is planted forward but there's a little lean in okay pressure yeah there's a little there's like a little rhythm to it there's a hundred percent of rhythm to it there's a little lean into the the foot and then it kind of goes up the chain and you finally release a dart It, it the rhythm aspect of sports is, I think, one of the reasons why you can create the right amount of speed with accuracy because there's definitely a rhythm there with, with good dart players. I mean, I can see it right now kind of moving the dart and then leaning in and throwing it. Yep. It's, it's in uh, – if, you know, if you're throwing a ball, we've had a lot of uh, ex-athletes come in and get lessons from us. You know, every quarterback – Who's, if you've watched football on TV and you see a quarterback roll out to his right, stop, throw back across the field off the back foot, it's always an interception. It's always going the other way. And the first words out of the commentator's mouth is, we threw it off his back foot, what do you expect? And we see so many golfers trying to throw off their back foot in the golf swing, and they're, they're hitting foul balls because of it. And there's even some people out there trying to teach that, that that's a good way to transition. Oh. And, you know, or some golfers are biased to that. We've, we've yet to see 
that that's, show that's up, so that crazy. idea show up in any other sports. Like there's not back foot throwers in football. No. There, there's not there's not back foot pitchers in baseball, right? Everybody's stretching and moving towards the direction they're trying to throw or move. It's just a universal athletic motion. And it's why golfers typically gain so much club head speed when they start doing it from when they haven't done it because they do it and everything else. You do it when you walk. I was just about to say that, you know, when you walk, it's, you know, a step in an arm swing, a step in an arm swing. And that, that rhythm is the same thing in the golf swing. I know it's hard to think about that right now, but you know, Mike and I's favorite drill is this kind of two-step drill where you step, turn, you step, turn, swing, right? So, and you can do step on the right foot, step on the left foot, step on the right foot, step on the left foot. And you definitely get this constant rhythm going that feels a lot like dancing or walking. And that's the, kind of the secret to allowing the body to load early and then to move toward the target early. And, and it's it matches that stepping rhythm. And, and if you can get that into your swing, it, it'll teach you how to do it without having to think too much, which um, which is real helpful when you're on the golf course. It's a great way to think to play, I think. It's a great thought to play with. We've had yep. so many guys tell us this. And, and the pros have the least luxury to have the most amount of swing thoughts, right? They yeah. have to have something simple and direct because there's so many other things that are going on out there. And we've had a number of them telling us they can play with this. It's just – it's a, it's an athletic to-do move rather than thinking about something not to do. And I think that always wins out out there in competition. Yeah, I had uh, – before we jump to the next one, one of my – he played – I think he was on the Canadian tour at the time, and um, he came down and took a lesson. We got him on gears and swing catalyst, and he was missing just the, the timing, the rhythm. He, he didn't – you know, he was late getting to the right and kind of late getting to the left. And it, I, what I always say is he had a backswing and a downswing, but he didn't have a middle of the swing. Um, and that middle of the swing is what he was missing. And I gave him, I changed his pre-shot routine or tried to, and he did it. He added it in to, to do kind of this step swing, step on the right foot, step on the left foot and make these like continuous little swings in his pre-shot routine, just small swings to feel it. And, uh, he went out and had one of his best weeks just because he said that's something he could play with. He, he could, he could feel that in the pre-shot routine and get over the ball and it felt the athletic. He could go ahead and take a rip at it without overburdening his, his thought process. It's a complete game changer. And it's not that's not a term that we throw around lightly lightly. No, a, this is a one of the biggest things to learn right here. Absolutely. All right. That's the late loading. Now mm-hmm. the last one is the thrusting of the hips. And we mean by thrusting, it means the hips are moving. You've we've all seen golfers do it. If we're not golfers who do do it, it's the thrusting of the hips. If you're at setup, it's moving the hips towards the golf ball really at any point in the golf swing but most golfers see it in the downswing yeah this is a this is a tough one um you start moving your hips toward the ball at any point the center of your hips toward the ball and you're gonna have to make some major compensations because that's you know kind of one of the hubs of your swing how the the torso and the hips move kind of helps control the the swing plane and the path of the club as well so if you're adjusting that around you're having to make some major major changes coming down we say it all the time. Golf is a timing and space problem, right? It's a question. It's a timing and space question. And we all basically have the same amount of time to make a golf swing, whether you're Roy McIlroy or the 20 handicapper at your club. It's all right around one second. 
some a little bit shorter, some are just a touch longer, but it's all basically that one second time. And the space that we have to deal with is the space that we create at setup. So if you set up with your hips in a certain spot, your clubs in a certain spot, now if you drastically change that by thrusting the hips forward during the motion of the swing, you're going to have to find a brand new place to deliver the club. And oftentimes that's not an ideal place where no. you wind up having to deliver it from. Yeah. If, if you're struggling with center contact, this is a, this is a, a place that you may want to start looking. Uh, if, if you if you notice on video that if you draw a line against your backside and that thing comes in off the line in the backswing and or the downswing, that's probably one of the main reasons why you know you may have heel hits, toe hits, your clubs go toe down into the ground. You might have to play really upright lie angles, so you you got some issues that are taking place here just from moving that a few inches toward the ball. Not even a few inches, very little really. Yeah, and you know we've we've captured. You know, we talk about the pros that we've captured in gears. We've captured a ton more amateurs than pros because there's a ton more amateurs out there playing the game than there are pros. So we've got a lot of data on this now, and we're fairly confident in that this thrusting of the hip happens very early in the golf swing. It's it's really a takeaway issue for so many golfers. Uh, you know, for the longest time, I was under the impression, I know a lot of other folks were under the impression that Golfers thrusted solely because the club was out of position. But now that we're able to see, we're able to trace the center of the hips and actually have a center of the hip trace like you would a pressure trace, the, the problem happens in the takeaway. It's how the center of the pelvis moves in the backswing that really creates this thrust. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've been thinking about it a lot over the last couple of days because – I tend to turn my pelvis flat and I think that's one of the main contributors to this as well. If, if you can maintain the angle of your hips that you started with at the dress, as you turn them on that same, like think of your hips having a swing plane, you know, you tilt your hips forward, maybe 20 degrees. Well, if you turned in that plane of mo in that plane, the, the right side of your pelvis is going to get farther back. And that's what you want. If you turn them flat, the, like Mike said, the left one's going to go out toward the target line and you're going to, are you going to move your hips toward the target uh, or toward the ball on the backswing? I think it yep. has a lot to do with that. It's exactly right. Most golfers turn the backswing around their right hip and then they're toast on the downswing because the left and the center of the hip is way out there towards the golf ball and you cannot recover from that in a quarter mm -hmm. of a second. So if you, if, if you imagine just holding a, a, a ruler, you've got your right hand on the 12, got your – left hand on the one golfers swing that one all the way around. They pivot mm -hmm. around that 12, that right hand mm -hmm. while that's happening. That six, the center of that ruler, the center of your hips is moving out towards the golf ball. When the center of the hip moves out towards the golf ball, you will thrust your hips. You are thrusting your hips, but you'll see it in the downswing because that's when the right hip takes off instead. And we got just a little bit of time left. Instead, you want to pivot around that six. You want to pivot around the center of that ruler. That's how you create depth in the backswing with the right hip. That's how you get the left hip out of the way in the downswing so you don't thrust. And I think the point you made about the tilt cannot be overstated as far as how to do this. Hmm, this is massive. Trying to get that tilt 
turning on a tilted axis. I mean, I was in my mind, I was always trying to turn my hips level, like almost like on a level to the ground plane. And, and I never really thought about a much turning in the tilt that they were at at address. I mean, it's total game changer. I mean, it fixed my laid off backswing. I mean, so, you know, the more we do this, the more I learn, the more Mike learns and the more we learn about our own swing. I, I test this stuff out on me. So I know it, it works. It's amazing. Once you get the pressure in the feet correct and then the pelvis moving correctly with tilts and turns, it, it's almost hard to get the club off plane. And, and it's become more fun. I'm wanting to play more golf again just because this stuff has helped me so much. And, and we, we know it can help you as well. Absolutely. Guys, the things that we talked about in today's podcast, if you can change and adopt both of these, they are legitimate game changers, not only for the quality of your impact and the quality of your golf swing, but you will see your distance go up when these two things start working better. Sean, that pretty much covers it. Anything else we need to cover? No, I think that's it. But uh, if you're enjoying these, please go into iTunes and click subscribe and also leave us a review. That helps more golfers find the podcast and we're trying to help as many of you as we can. So please help us do that. We greatly appreciate it. And we love those reviews that have all the stars lit up on them. Yeah, five, please. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next one.